Kimberly's going to come on up here and preach a little bit, talk to us, tell us all the great things of heaven. Yeah, come on. Thank you, sir. You forgot to say international speaker before that. That's why I didn't know if I was supposed to go up. Fine, fine. Good Thank you for coming out this evening. Thank you so much. Hope you've had a good day. We've had a great day. Jesus, I ask you to bless our time together and help me to say exactly what you want me to, Lord, and uh, not leave with any regrets in Jesus' name. Amen. Mark 4, starting in verse 14, I was going through a discouraging time. When you work with a bunch of people, you can get discouraged. And when you work with children with wills, you can get discouraged. And, and you know, it's so wonderful to see our kids going on to university and all these things that God is doing for sure. But then there is that one that leaves. And there is that one that's going through all of these questionings. I mean, they were raised there for how many? I mean, I have six kids. So in my own home, my kids have all questioned everything about everything, right? And so um, sometimes it's just like, why, God? Why can't they just accept it without going through it all themselves? You know? And it can be discouraging. But God gave me such a good word because in that discouragement, I tend to withdraw. I tend to hold back and I tend to say, what should I do? Is it worth it? What should I do now? That kind of a thing. And so God took me to this, these verses and he convicted me and changed my life. And I love him so much when he does that. So I'm going to give it to you like he gave it to me. Mark 14, 414, the sower sows the word. Well, there's a period after that. And then it continues. These are the ones who are beside the road. So they're pretty close, aren't they, to the sower. Where the word is sown, beside the the road where the word is sown, And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In a similar way, these are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places. They hear the word immediately, receive it with joy, having no firm root in themselves, but are only temporary. Then when affliction, persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are are the ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, but the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones, they're all together, and those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. I, I was becoming, because of the experiences in my life, 
one of those people who had a bag full of seed and was surveying the soil I was going to throw it on. And I was saying, hmm, you look like a rocky place to be. I see things in your life. I know that you're struggling here. I know that you're one of those people that are just giddy and silly, and you're going to say, thank you, thank you, thank you, and go out and do the same thing. You're one of those places with no root. You're a thorny person. I was starting to judge the soil and deciding, am I going to scatter my seed here? Man, after all, doesn't my... Doesn't my um, fruit depend on the fruit in your life? Don't I go to Jesus and say, look at all these people that have gotten saved. Look at all, they're all overcomers. And then he judges me by that. How strange is that way of thinking? But I found myself thinking, I want to sow into the people I'm going to get fruit from. I want to sow into the lives I know are going to receive it and do something with it. And God convicted me of that judgment of soil and said, you're not the tiller of the soil. You're not the groundskeeper. You're not the person that knows all. You know, soil is made up of so many components, so much history, so much death, so much life, so many things that it becomes this way for a reason. Things I have no idea what's happened, what's going to happen, but God says to me, verse 14, the sower sows the word, period. It's not up to us in our life to go for the 90-fold people. You know, and then God took me a step further and said, have I been that way with you? How many times have I left a sermon and said, oh my gosh, that changed my life, only to a week later be struggling with peace again? What? I slept great for four nights. What am I doing? I'm worrying again. What happened to that beautiful word? I try to listen to it again back on my iPad. Look at my notes. It's just not the same. I'm like, you know what? If God had judged me, he would have seen thorny, rocky, shallow, all of these places in so many ways still am, and yet I am just covered with seed all the time. God is constantly believing in me again. He's constantly throwing things. He's constantly convicting me. He's constantly, all of a sudden in the shower, I'm like, Oh, God, I just pray for Gavin in Jesus' name. Lord, his knee, he just, oh, he'll never stop. All this is for, I'm like, where did that song come from? He's just constantly doing things like that in my life. So unworthy. My soil is not rich and fertile, and you can't just drop something on me and boom. Thank you so much. I want to be that way. I want everything removed. But you know what? It's because I lost my peace that week that I learned there was a rock in my soul. That word still produced in me. 
I had to go back on my knees and say, Lord, that word only lasted three days. Where did it go? Well, you have unforgiveness, and you've given that person too much power. Really? I thought we were talking about peace. Oh, no, no. There's a hard place in you, and you need to deal with that. So the next time I throw that word on your spirit, it can go deeper. It can produce more. Let's deal with this thing in your life. You don't know what your prayer, what your seed, what your witness is doing in other people. Maybe they're not in church. Maybe they haven't repented. Maybe there's still so many things in their life you can see, but it's the can't see. There are things working that you can't see, and it's convict. No word of God does not produce what it was sent to do. And we think peace words are going to produce peace, but a lot of times they produce forgiveness. They produce conviction in another area. They help to reveal things in our lives that we didn't, the sower didn't even know what that was going to produce. But thank the Lord for the sowers. They just keep on sowing. (laughs) And what a relief not to have to judge the soil, not to have to find if you're worthy or not, not to feel like we're wasting our time in the rocky places or the thorny places or the shallow places. Praise the Lord. It doesn't matter because where our faith is, is in the seed. It's not in our ability. You know, as farmers and gardeners, and if anybody's ever pulled a weed, we know those little boogers find a way. They find a way. Continuing in that chapter, Mark 4, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil, and he goes to bed at night and gets up by day, and the seed sprouts and grows. How? He himself does not know. What do you have faith in when it's dark? Can you cast your seed and let it go and be surprised by what God does? Wake up in the morning, wake up to a new day. You hear a testimony of somebody and you're like, wow, I remember I prayed for you at lunch the other day. Wow, how did that happen? I want God to surprise me all the time. I don't want to be a calculated Christian. I don't want to be a judger of ground. I don't want to be a judger of lives. I want to, I don't want to be a calculated Christian to make me look good. Lead me to the thorny people. Lead me to the rocky people. I want to embrace shallow people because, you know, God surprises us then. He's the kind of God that says, oh, what man thought was impossible. Just watch. The power is in the seed. The seed is powerful. Jacob, would you put up the first one? As we know, there is no place that seed can't grow. 
the next one. I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that God brings life from death, beauty from ashes. Next, God is the God of impossibility. God is the God of impossibility. Next, walls between people don't matter, do they? So the word, throw it against that surface. Throw it against what seems unattainable, unscalable. Say the word, pray, press in. Next, what in the world? The most discarded place. How much does God get the glory for the lives that are discarded and left in a heap? Next, even those hard places, those impossible places, what man thinks they've done and it's sealed and over, God finds a way. Next. I love this one because as I read about this, I read that there are buildings all over the world that have been discarded for years that trees are coming out of. You know, that represents to me, maybe it's speaking something different to you, but that's generations of hardness and emptiness. It's hard to minister to people whose families have never known God, have never walked with God, don't have a clue about Jesus, and yet God sowed a seed. Somewhere back in, you know, pioneer times, there was a praying grandma. And here we are with the fruit, the tree that's come from all those generations. God finds a way. I want to remind you that the seed is the power and that the sower sows the seed. And we are sowers. Amen.